Welcome to MVP, the Minimum Viable Podcast, where you'll hear lessons and stories from the front lines of the world of technology, aimed specifically at early stage companies. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Armour and Owen Sagnus. So back again, diving into the questions. I always like to take a Pareto approach or 80-20 rule approach when posting things and see what's the most important things to be focusing on. So I'm just going to start with a general question, uh, but what makes a great company in your view? Or as you would say, what is your process for making a great company? <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I, you know, I think great companies very subjective and it's also very relative. And what makes one company great for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. So, you know, I tell people to look at a few things when they're assessing a company and, and, you know, even if they're outside the company or inside the company, uh, number one, as I say, is it the kind of work you like to do? So are you, are you doing the work that you love? Because if it's the work that you love, it's not like work. Hmm. So is the, is there enough in the job? And, you know, there are elements of every job where you're probably not doing what you love a hundred percent of the time every day. You know, like I'll say as a manager, I didn't really love necessarily doing performance reviews, but I knew I had to do it, you know, and I was very committed to the, to the job. Um, so number one is, is it the work you love? Uh, number two, do you buy into the vision of the team? So, you know, where, where the company's going, do you believe in that? You know, are you signed up? Because if you're not, you probably aren't going to enjoy working there that much. Other people around you are going to pick up on that. Like you're going to seem kind of cynical. Why would you work in a place where you don't buy into the vision and, and what they're doing as a company? The third thing is, do you like the people you work with? And, and I had somebody once say to me, you don't, don't pick your company, pick your boss, which is interesting, right? It's like, well, like yeah, that. if it's a great company, but I hate my boss, uh, that's not really a fun place to work. Or I hate all the people around me. That's not a fun place to work. So are you doing the work you love? Do you buy into the vision? And are you working with people that you really like, your boss and others? There's a final element to that, which I think kind of goes without saying, um, which is the deal. That's the compensation. Is the compensation sufficient? Do you feel it's fair? And I say the deal because in certain companies, the compensation has multiple components, right? So you may have a salary, you may have uh, a great benefits package or not. You know, you may have stock options or, or restricted stock units. There, there may be other things like there's a great fitness center. I actually worked in a company that built a beautiful fitness center in their building. So that was all part of the deal. Actually, I worked at a company that had a daycare uh, in, in the building. And, and so, hmm, yeah, you got young kids and they're going to the daycare. Every, like that is a, a great reason to be at the company, right? In addition to everything else. So, so the fourth component, which I think is maybe, a, you know, it's off to the side or it surrounds everything else is, is what is the deal? And, you know, I've had people that I know who've quit companies. They loved everything about it but they couldn't make enough money to pay the bills. Mm. So, you know, they had to look elsewhere, not because they really wanted to, but at the end of the day, they had to pay the mortgage. Yeah. That's a good four things to look for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my next question would be focusing on mindset. I, re I really sure. like mindsets and thinking mm. in terms of mindsets that people want to adopt. So I'm wondering what are the most important mindsets in business? Do you think for being successful? 
So mindset is an interesting, it's an interesting topic. I think that, again, it varies depending on the role that you're in. And it also varies depending on what you're trying to achieve in your career. Uh, so let me give an example. I remember, you know, chatting to a guy once who were sitting, he was in the desk next to me and he had been a senior executive, but now he was sitting in this desk next to me and uh, he was a, a consultant. He was, you know, delivering consulting as an individual contributor. So I said to him, well, that's interesting, maybe a little bit unusual. And he said, well, you know, he said, there's a right and a wrong time for everything in life. He said, when I was willing to give 120% to my job, then I could become a senior executive. And, you know, it was always on seven days a week. He said, you know, then I got married, had some kids and that lifestyle was incompatible. So the, the business life and the family life became incompatible. And so his mindset was, I've got to choose the family life over the business life. So ramp down the business life so that, you know, he could really achieve that, that balance. I think that's maybe my, my number one point is the mindset is never fixed. I think the mindset has to change based on where you are in your career and everything that's happening in your life. Yeah. So that's, that's number one. The second thing is the famous growth mindset. What's a growth mindset? Well, I think there's a whole book on growth mindset, but <laughs> to, to try and encapsulate the book in a couple of sentences, to me, the growth mindset is you're curious, you're, you're moving forward. You're not satisfied with the status quo. And I think that is a critical mindset to maintain, not just your career, not just the business world, but for your life. To me, you're never done learning. And so having that growth mindset, I think sets a lot of people apart in the world of business and in the world of life. I can say that uh, I think I have a growth mindset, picked up the guitar maybe 10 years ago and started <laughs> trying to learn that in addition to everything else. Recently, I, I built a website, uh, set up a Google search campaign the other day. Uh, you know, it's, for me, podcast. It's, yeah, started a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> for me, if I, if I start to get too comfortable, then I start to feel uncomfortable. Uh, and so I think this, this idea of the growth mindset uh, is really, really key across all aspects of life. And it's something that, again, you may want to hire for. Uh, you know, you can, you can test that in an interview. And I think particularly in the world of technology, we want to be really surrounded by folks that have the growth mindset, which isn't to say that, you know, there's anything wrong with not having that, but you've got to be in the right place. I mean, I started my very first job at a university. I remember talking to a guy that was, was one desk away from me. How long have you been here? Oh, 10 years. Oh yeah. What jobs have you done in the last 10 years? No, oh, this job. He'd always done the same job for 10 years. Now, to me, that seemed very counterintuitive doing that in a tech company. But I, I started chatting to him and, you know, he was quite happy doing that. That's what he loved doing. He was quite good at it. That's what he wanted to do. Uh, I would say limited growth mindset, but it was okay because he was very good at what he did. And, you know, he had a great balance between work and home life. Um, so, you know, it's, it's maybe not the right thing for everybody, but certainly for me and, and where I like to work and the kind of people I'd like to hire, 
definitely am, am looking for the growth mindset. And again, like I said, it can change over time, right? So you may be at a time in your life when you just want the kind of job where you go in at nine, you leave at five every day, it's all buttoned up, don't worry about it. And uh, you know, you've got a lot going on outside of work. I'll add one more because it's good to have three. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> the, the, the other one is, and, and I didn't invent this, but leadership is a mindset. Some people get it in their heads that they've got to be a manager. Got to be a manager. It's the way, you know, like that's my career path. It's the way to show I'm moving up in the organization. And I have worked with people who didn't have the mindset. So they thought they needed to be a leader because that was the way to show that they were being successful. But they didn't really have the leadership mindset internalized. Like, I want to be a leader. That's that's mm. my calling. That's what I love. Um, and, and so that's the thing I would say to people that want to be leaders is you got to start with the mindset. You've got to have the, the, the desire. You've got to see yourself as a leader. And if you don't have that desire, if you don't see yourself as a leader, then I don't think you're going to be successful. And I've, I've seen a number of people that I've worked with who became managers and hated it and then went back to being individual contributors because they just said, I hated being a manager. They didn't particularly see themselves as leaders. They had another thing that's interesting is people who, if you don't have that leadership mindset, do you really have the mindset to be coaching other people? Do you have the mindset to be holding them accountable? Do you have the mindset to fire people if things don't work out, right? Or have tough conversations with people. So there, there's a whole bunch of things that, that come with being a leader. And if you don't have the mindset, then you won't be successful. I like those three. Those are really good three. <laughs> <laughs> what is the number one business book out there and why? Uh, the number one business book is called the 100 best business books of all time. <laughs> there actually is a book called that and I have it. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if it's been updated recently. Uh, you know, it's funny because I remember reading that Bill Gates had said such and such was the, the greatest business book of all time. It was actually a book that was written by the guy who kind of founded General Motors. So I thought, oh, wow, if Bill thinks this is the best business book of all time, I got to read this. So I went out, bought the book, read it. It was pretty good, actually, particularly if you work in a large company. I thought, yeah, really good. Uh, and then recently, I'll say in the last few years, I saw a comment by Bill who said, some other book was the best business book of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, so it's, it's a moving target. And uh, I'm not sure that there is really a best business book of all time. I think, I think there's some classics, I think, depending again on, on your mindset, uh, you know, where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do, what your development, uh, and growth plan looks like, then the, the best book is the one that you need at the time. Uh, that's, that's probably the, the best answer. And the, the reason I said, well, there's a book called the hundred best business books of all time. There are some fantastic books on that list, right? And, and, you know, Hey, if you're looking for a place to start, get that book and maybe drill down, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a kind of a story. This was early in my career as a manager of managers. I felt I was struggling a little bit with the transition from being a manager to a manager of managers. And I thought, yeah, like it's, it's hard to figure out how to get things done through other managers and then to other individual contributors when, you know, you've been a subject matter expert, right? And, and most people, their first management job is in an area that they're already a subject matter expert. 
you know, as you get further and further up and further and further away from what you used to do as an individual contributor, it gets tougher. Uh, and so I, I read a book, it's just called Execution. Uh, it's written by Larry Bossidy and Ram Sharan. And uh, for me, that was the best business book I ever read at that stage in my career. Uh, I learned so much from the book. It gave me some fantastic techniques, you know, things I could go use right away that I felt made a difference in, in my performance uh, as a leader. And, and so I think the best business book is the business book that, that you need at the time to continue your development, right? So again, if you've got the growth mindset, you know, obviously you're, you're not going to say, well, everybody else is messed up and I'm right. You're going to say, I need to look at myself and what do I need to do to grow as, as a leader or as an individual contributor, but uh, you know, throughout history, and for me, you know, history probably goes back to the eighties. Uh, you know, people, there's always been the, the, you know, in search of excellence. I remember when in search of excellence came out, everybody said, that's the greatest business book ever. The effective executive by Peter Drucker, which was even, I think yeah, before that, yeah. which is a great book. Classic. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. Uh, is it the best business book ever? I don't know. I'm reading one right now called how big things get done. It's all about mega projects and all the things that go wrong and how, politicians get involved and say things they probably shouldn't say and why the subway line in Toronto is five years behind schedule. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's a fascinating book. I'm really enjoying it, but you know, who knows the, the best business book is really, like I said, it's, it's the business book that you need at the time. And the hundred greatest business books of all time is a good place to start. You can also follow, I mean, there, there are people that, uh, uh, you know, they like to write about the books they're reading and, you know, there's all kinds of reviews out there, obviously. Uh, I think, I think the fantastic thing is now, if you need a book, you can get it instantly. You know, you go onto your favorite online bookstore and, uh, you've got it right away. I don't buy physical copies of business books anymore. And I used to be well known for having <laughs> several boxes of certain books that I like to give away to people because I thought they were so good. So I would keep hard copies of these books in my office. And when I was chatting to people, coaching them on a topic, and if it was relevant to one of the things in the book, I'd say, oh, here's a copy of the book. Just have it. <laughs> and so my, my assistant just knew, oh, yeah, I got to you know, keep all these, these books in his office or, or at her desk because he's going to give them away all the time. Uh, managing at the Speed of Change was one that I thought was, was really good. If anyone wants a great book on how to lead change in an organization, uh, chapter seven is actually quite good. Uh, but yeah, I used to give that book away all the time. So I think as it, you know, to get back to the idea of developing your people, having a growth mindset, like I love the folks that, uh, you know, they're open to that coaching. They want to read a book, uh, you know, and I, I would always say, well, part of my job as a leader is to develop those skills in my people. And, and so for me, you know, giving that physical copy of the book was just another way to, to help those people grow and develop. Yeah. But just to dive deep into that point a little more, um, books are one of the ways people can, what are some other ways people can learn or how do you, mm, I guess in yeah. your personal experience, how do you keep learning? Well, the best way is to, is to learn on the job, right? Hands-on learning. And, you know, I always used to look at people's development plans and, and we would, we would look at, you know, what are the activities and some people would come in with, you know, I'm going to read this book or I'm going to take this course. And I think that should be maybe 30% of a development plan. The absolute best way is to get hands-on, is to do the thing that you're 
that you want to develop. And uh, so that could be a special job assignment, for example, right? Going and shadowing somebody or, you know, being an intern, whatever it is, if you can, if you can get the hands-on experience, I find you're going to learn much more quickly. It's going to stick in your head. You're going to understand the nuances of the job uh, much more than just, you know, reading a book about it. So, yeah, I, I would just say limit formal courses, formal training, you know, reading books to about uh, 30%. And then do what I did the other day and go set up a Google Ads campaign, you know, <laughs> drive traffic to a website and try to track conversions. <laughs> yeah, it's the best way to learn by far. You know, I think about the fact that I have a computer science degree. Well, I didn't learn how to program a computer by reading a bunch of books. It's like, no, you, you go out and you, uh, you have to write programs. That's how it works. That's a great example. Ha Hands-on is the best. That's a great way to tie that up. <laughs> Gonna finish off with one last question. I'll sure. admit I stole this question from Tim Ferriss, but I, I love it. So it's a question he always likes to ask his guests at the end of each podcast. If you could put one message on a billboard for everyone in the world to see, what would that one message be? Yeah, that's a very tough question. <laughs> Does it have to be a business message? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have to be a business message. It could be any message. Take care of yourself, I think, would, would be the number one message. You can't be effective in relationships. You can't be effective in business. You can't be effective in life uh, if you don't, you know, look internally and, and take care of yourself. That's where it starts. And, you know, that may be anything from from sleep to exercise to eating right to, you know, your mental health, whatever it is, that, that would be my best advice to people anyway, would like be that. take care of yourself. I like that a lot. It's always important to keep in track of those other things going on and have priorities. <laughs> yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. Good place to end off. I thank everyone for joining us today and there'll be more to come. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one. God bless. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Minimum Viable Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at Cypian.com, that's C-Y-P-I-A-N.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that podcasts are screened, so you'll never miss an episode. By the way, Owen Sagnus is available for private coaching. See our website at Cypian, C-Y-P-I-A-N.com, for contact information.